0: Welcome to episode 491 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's episode, we have a conversation with regular contributor, union leader and organizer with SEIU, chair of the PA Progressive Caucus, our resident politico, Dwayne Heisler, And he brings along a very important friend, Catherine Personette, the Director of Development and Policy for the New Pennsylvania Project. We're going to talk about the New Pennsylvania Project. It's connected to Stacey Abrams' New Georgia Project, of course. We're going to talk about the minimum wage, meeting people where they are, the midterm elections, immigration pawns, unions, free and fair elections, the corporate elite, and shared values, among other things. A politically astute conversation this go-round. We have an EWSA titled Simple Intellectual. We share some actual findings, very interesting and somewhat humorous, from Harper's Magazine's Findings section. It's September 2022 edition. And we have an EW poem called "Swoon." All of this, of course, will be infused, imbued, with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it then. Episode 491 of Troubadours and Rock-On Tours. Simple Intellectual The city's lawyer asked me probing questions about negotiations, the liberal just fight in jeopardy of being revealed and forsaken. Why did she want to know my strategy and position as the union's leader? I am not that interesting or important to spend so much time with at the public function we were both attending to support the local youth shelter. I found out later that she often visits the law office below the ballet theater. This is the space our union's nemesis strategizes and plans his attacks on us simple working intellectuals. It makes me realize how foolish one could be so easily because of the need to impress and to fit into a scene. What from this can I glean? How can one find solace in a world largely devoid of genuine heart, soul, integrity? Perhaps I am a dark one in my essence and thus cannot know the light and true happiness. Maybe it is not possible to ever be within my grasp, but I think I remember a long time ago when I was a young wee boy, a sense of warmth, true love, trust, and genuine presence. Now it is all blowing empty in between, the buildings and bushes planted for money with shallow brown mulch and thin clear windows for show, the ballet dancers pirouette upstairs still, and the sky is dark blue across the cityscape and countryside forevermore.
1: Back on all the roads we've traveled on, it makes me smile. Although I do tend to forget your Kate and I. Another dream begins to fray So my love Another day Another sun sets in blue Oh my love What can we do To stop it all When I look back on all the tears That you shed I wonder why You can't consider all the years
2: the lie ahead of you and I
1: Another dream begins to fray So my lover another day Of the sunsets in the blue. Oh my love, what can?
0: Welcome to Dwayne Heisler and Catherine Personette. Dwayne is union leader and organizer with SEIU. He's the chair of the Pennsylvania Progressive Caucus and a member of the New Pennsylvania Project's Board of Directors and our resident Politico. He brings along with him as a special guest, Catherine Personette, who is the Director of Development and Policy for the New Pennsylvania Project. So nice to have you both on the program. I know you're busy, uh, so let's get right to it. Tell us a bit about what the New Pennsylvania Project
3: is.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, thank you so much, Larry uh, and Duane, for having me today. Um, But yeah, the New Pennsylvania Project is a 501c4 nonprofit organization, um, we are a voting rights organization with a primary purpose of voter registration, engagement, and mobilization. Um, and we center the communities that have been disenfranchised, um, often ignored and neglected from the democratic process, including communities of color, immigrant communities, and the youth. Um, you know, We're very intentional, not only doing work of voter registration and engagement in these communities, but hiring within these communities. Um, building power uh, within the communities um, and educating and mobilizing the communities to go out and vote in every election.
0: Great, great. And this has something to do with Stacey Abrams, too, doesn't it, in Georgia?
4: Absolutely, yeah. So the New Pennsylvania Project, you've probably heard that, that New Georgia Project name, uh, we are modeled and named in honor of the New Georgia Project and everything that we did down in Georgia. Um, you know, and and, and Stacey Abrams and, um, and Fah, you Nsay know, you who founded the New Georgia project did incredible work, uh really understanding the ground game, understanding building power um by year round consistent voter registration and engagement uh within the communities across Georgia. Of course, Pennsylvania looks local- A little different. Um, You know, we can't be out on the ground in in, uh, January with the weather here in Pennsylvania. um, But the model is still the same. Um, And so we are doing year round consistent voter registration, um, engagement, mobilization in communities across uh, Pennsylvania.
0: Do we have the same problems, would you say, Dwayne and uh, Catherine, as Georgia has in regard to, well, you could you could spell it out. (laughs)
5: Yeah. Well, sadly, everyone in the whole country has the same problems because the reality is, is that there are people out there who do not want you to vote. If you're listening right now, there are people out there that would prefer that you stay home and that you don't vote. And a big stumbling block is whether you're registered or not, right? And uh, it is just astounding to me how many people are actually not even registered to vote. When you think about all we've been through uh, the last, even just the last few years, and all these elections and the issues which have been on the ballot, and and the 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 state of our democracy in our country, that's just astounding. Maybe you even know like how many people are not registered to vote?
4: Yeah, so in Pennsylvania, 1.7 million people, uh, million constituents of Pennsylvania are eligible to vote, but not registered. Um, I actually have a couple statistics to break that down for you as well. Of that 1.7 million, 20% are Black, 31% Latino, Latina, and 42% API or Asian Pacific Islander um so these are the communities that we are centering in our work uh, we are very intentional of centering these communities they have been historically disenfranchised as i mentioned um so that number is is astounding um, you know and, and when we when we dive into you know why are these communities disenfranchised and what this could actually mean to register 1.7 million pennsylvanians uh, we think about what a reflective democracy could look like for here in our Commonwealth and, and take that same thought um, across the country
0: as well. So Dwayne, now 1.7 million voters in Pennsylvania, like, you know, they are eligible to vote They're not voting. What are we going to do about that? How are we going to get them registered by November?
5: I know. And so part of what I hear, like when Katie says disenfranchise, I'm I'm wondering exactly what that means. Because I mean, some of us might think, well, gosh, I'm registered to vote. How hard is it? I mean, you can just do it online. You know, I see people all the time out, like getting voter registration or, you know, um, in fact, I receive it in the mail. I just got a a letter from our governor saying, hey, you can register to vote by mail. Like, like, why is it so hard? Why can't people just register? And I think sometimes people think, well, well, maybe they're just lazy. Maybe people are just lazy, and that really gets to me because I know that that's not the answer. And Katie, maybe you can speak a little bit about how this is this I'm disenfranchis- um, sorry, disenfranchisement actually is. What does that look like?
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you for bringing this up because I think it's a really important takeaway here. Um, a lot of the communities that we're centering are surviving right? They are surviving. Um, In Pennsylvania specifically, we are still, um, we still have a minimum wage of $7.25 an hour, has not been raised in over a decade. Uh, When we, kind of talk about that nationally here, of the surrounding states of Pennsylvania, all have raised their minimum wage. Um, you know, we're surviving um, to to put food on the table, to afford housing. Um, rent has increased every year while our, our minimum wage has remained stagnant. Um, so, oftentimes, it's really understanding um, what is happening uh, in our country, um, and, and in Pennsylvania specifically, um, and, and that's a part of that disenfranchisement, right? These communities um, of color, immigrant communities, and the youth are experiencing just survival, um, you know, and, and oftentimes are neglected from the democratic process um, because they are, they are trying to live, they are trying to put food on the table
5: well i can imagine that like if you're i'm just trying to like walk in those shoes so let's say you just got fired from your job right right I don't think you're running to the registration office to register to vote right like i think that if you're really worried about gosh how am i going to put food on the table or like my housing situation is really bad like like my rent just got up and i can't afford to stay here anymore like what am i gonna do because rising rents is you know the reality of what's happening right now it's like i don't think people are running Saying, oh my gosh, I have to register to vote. But this is ongoing. This is survival mode when this is happening. And and I think that that paints a better picture. And why I'm always such a strong advocate and why I decided to become on the board of directors for this that we need to make it as easy for people to participate in the democracy as possible. You know, not another hurdle, you know, not another barrier to be able to have a voice in our government.
0: And that would yeah, be through absolutely. state legislation. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Larry. Yes. No, I was. That'd be through, that would be done uh, through state legislation, I suppose. Right, uh, making making it easier for people to vote and and taking down or keeping barriers from being created.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's why you know it's important to have this year round consistent engagement. Within these communities, we're having those meaningful conversations. We're meeting people where they are. Um, you know, we're we're at the bodegas, we're at the markets, we are at the barber shops, um, the hair salons. You know, we are having these meaningful conversations of bringing um, policies and and politics to these communities where they are. Um, so, absolutely, Larry, we're connecting the dots from you know, hey. if you're you 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 live in a uh, in a region that uh, your high school is severely underfunded um you know that that looks like it throughout the um the commonwealth of pennsylvania and across the country you know our k-12 through um, K through K schools are severely underfunded here in the commonwealth we're not prioritizing funding um and that is because our state budget is, is not prioritizing funding well who um, allocates and, and um, decides on where the money goes, where our state budget, the state legislature. Um, you know, not the governor. Uh, it's, it's really bringing this information um, and having those conversations that people can get engaged um, and really sparked into politics.
0: And I guess, I mean, you want everybody that could register to register, not just people who uh, would vote the same way you and I might. And I think the four of us would probably, or three of us, excuse me, would vote the same way. We, I, I am gathering we'd all go the Democratic way. Uh, but that, my, my point is this. You, you get that 1.7 million registered. Uh, do you believe then they would um, sort of tip the scales more so to the Democratic candidates that are running for office? Or does that not matter to you?
5: I think it's really about the issues, Larry, like wherever the issues line up. So if you're if we use that example of someone you know, who just lost their job, right, or that example of someone who's having in the middle of the housing crisis or maybe the um, the person who can't find child care, you know, or maybe there's illness in the family and health care. I think that that's where it really comes into. And that's how people vote. People actually vote based upon their values. And that's where we we need to dig in. And one of the things that I think Katie said was really important, I want to like zoom in on just a little bit, was that you do this work year round. Uh, Larry, when I was doing the work, the organizing work in Hazleton in that community in Northeast Pennsylvania, and this can happen anywhere in the country, by the way, a large Latino population that's there, over 50% of Hazleton is Latino, right? But not a single person was on the city council where it was in the school board, not even a member of the local democratic committee. So that might be telling too right? Not even a member there. And when I started doing organizing work, they said, oh, are you running for office? Do you need my vote? And I was like, no, I'm not running for office. And they're like, do you own a business there? Are you? And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, I'm coming in here to do work because I see that there's a disenfranchisement that's happening right here in front of us. We have a large population of Latino people and they don't have a voice in their own communities. And, uh, and so I think that the idea, and, and what they said was that they, they thought right away that it was some kind of transactional relationship here, like you must want my vote. That's why quo
0: you're quo, quo. yeah, yeah. Right. yeah,
5: exactly.
0: How do you see it, Katie? I mean, how do you yeah, see? I mean,
3: what I... we're...
0: Oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, how do you see? You know, where this new uh, Pennsylvania project takes us is, it... I mean, like Stacey Abrams, I, she believed. I, I think based on what I've read about her initiatives. Uh, that if she gave more people a chance to vote, then better uh, advocates would be in political positions to do, you know, important work for the state. I guess that's what you're thinking too.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, uh, you know, kind of picking off of what Dwayne said. You know, it's it's all about you know instituting a more reflective democracy. Right. So if we're expanding the electorate to include these communities who have been disenfranchised, who have been ignored from the democratic process, basically since the inception of this country. Right. Um, If we include these communities, uh, they make their voices heard. We are electing officials that come from within these communities uh we are electing officials that are going to represent all the people of pennsylvania and take that same concept to you know across the country as duane said it's not just you know the microcosm here in in the commonwealth um but you know that's that's my hope personally um for for what i'd like to see in this country is you know if we expand the electorate across the country to include communities who have been left out who have not had their voices heard um who have not been represented Uh, then absolutely our hope is that we have representation and therefore um, policies are created to reflect values, um, to reflect funding for um, K through 12 and higher education, to reflect a living wage, to reflect uh, affordable um, housing, to reflect affordable daycare and childcare.
5: Katie, when we were talking the other day, you mentioned about a person that you registered the vote, and you asked why they had. Can you maybe share that story? I, I was so it just really struck something with me when you told me, and I was stunned by it. But maybe you could share with so everyone listening here can get an idea of the work that we're doing, and 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 the you know the building of community and having people feeling like they belong.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So before I get to that, I actually want to shout out all the organizers on the ground, um, because this story comes from those organizers, um, and it comes from all the work that is happening on the ground. You know, um, Stacey Abrams led the way uh, with NSEI Um and we thank them for it. Um, but those organizers that are out there on the ground um, within our organization at New Pennsylvania Project and across Pennsylvania and the country, are doing this hard work. Um, voter registration is hard work. And so um, this woman that we registered to vote, 100 years old, 100 years old, um, had never registered to vote before, therefore had never voted, made her voice heard. And um, our organizer on the ground had asked her, you know, how come you have never registered to vote? And her response, nobody's ever asked. Um, so I think it, it speaks truth here, uh, you know, This is really the one and only time in Pennsylvania um, that an organization has really intentionally um, done year-round consistent engagement within these communities. Um, You know, she, she has never voted before. She has never made her voice heard. And that was really impactful for us.
5: So this is a shout out to seniors that are listening right now. If you're hundred years old or, or uh, a little bit older or, or not quite there yet, um, we're asking you now Like <laughs> register to vote, have a voice. Um, and she was thrilled when you told the story before, she was thrilled that she was able to do this. And, and after talking with some of the folks on the ground there and engaging with her, she felt pretty good about actually doing that um, because she had a chance to actually be heard. I mean, We were asking what her issues were and and what was really important to her. What did she see? How did she feel about the direction of the country and things like that? And um, she felt like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this is the time at 100 years that I'm finally going to register to vote.
0: And and let me ask both of you, um, what are you thinking is going to transpire, what's going to occur for these coming midterm elections here in Pennsylvania and nationally? Are the Democrats going to keep the Senate expand their majority? Uh, uh, Same with the House. What about the governorships that are crucial across uh, the nation? What What are you seeing? What are you thinking? And I, I mean genuinely, your analysis. You guys are experts. What are you thinking? Not just, yay, the Democrats are going
5: to win. I, I, uh, <laughs> no, no, that's not what you're going to hear from me, Larry. Um, so I have to say that um, I'm really concerned. Um, uh, every bit of data that I get is pretty much like within the margin of error. And um, that's too close for me, especially considering everything that's online. Larry, one of the things I do, you know I'm with SEIU um, Healthcare uh, Pennsylvania, Service Employees International Union. Here's a shout out to all unions everywhere. Yes, yes. Um, Our very survival of unions is on the line right now. There's so many issues that are on the line. There's women reproductive rights, LGBTQ rights, there's education in such a big way in the state of Pennsylvania, because that ball's been fumbled so many times by our state legislature, like purposely, like undermining it so that we have private schools and taking away from public education. I mean, there's so many issues there, but for us, for unions and and the idea that if you work for a living, you should earn a living, it has been very clear that candidate for governor um, who is running against Josh Shapiro, who is a champion for us for unions, that our, our opponent, he is saying very clearly that he wants to turn Pennsylvania into a right-to-work state. And a lot of people don't know what that means. We can look at Wisconsin and figure that out, right? But it means that 80-page contract that we just fought for, for nursing homes, for example, across the state, right? You can just shred that thing, boil it down to maybe a page or two and the only thing you're able to negotiate would be salaries which are capped. So that means getting rid of all the safety things that are in there and getting rid of all of the like other benefits that you might have. You're not going to be able to negotiate those things. Not only that, imagine having to go through a process of recertifying your union every year or maybe not being able to collect dues the way that you normally do. Everything that is that is queued up by this legislature is to destroy unions. Um, And so we are literally fighting for our survival. I moved up here to Scranton, right? I cannot imagine what the city of Scranton and all of Lackawanna County and indeed all of Northeast Pennsylvania would look like without strong unions to help us to stand up to the boss and make sure that we get the pay that we deserve, the benefits we deserve and also make sure that we're taking care of the people that we need to in health care. We are the advocate Kits for patients, for the elderly, for the disabled, for anyone who needs any kind of medical care in hospitals, and nursing homes, and in home health.
4: Yeah, and I would add, I mean, you know, echoing what Dwayne just said, you know, free and fair elections is on the line here um, in Pennsylvania and across the country, Uh, and and it's it is a very scary time. Um, So personally. you know, I have my optimistic side and, you know, I, I have my concerns. Um, what what really humbles me is that, you know, the the work that is being done by organizations like New Pennsylvania Project, uh, like SCIU, so many other grassroots organizations across Pennsylvania and the country. Um, you know, just shout out to national organizations who are, you know, helping Pennsylvania and helping other swing states, um, in this really important election. Um, because, you know, it, it, it is really life or death here. Um, it is our voting rights are on the line. Um, our reproductive rights are on the line. Um, there are, there, there's just so many things. Um, you know, to make your voices heard. So I, I think personally, I am positive. Um, I have to be right. I'm in this work, I, I, I have to be positive And I believe um, in the work that we're doing here. Um, but I do want to say this uh, is, you know, it did take about six, seven years for the new Georgia project to actually see return on their quote investment, right. Um, so you know, I, I just want to put that out there that you know, the new Pennsylvania project was founded in May of 2021. Um, So we are relatively a new organization and we are the only organization in Pennsylvania doing this work year round consistently of voter registration. Um, So, you know, I I am positive um, about this election because of the work that we're doing. We're partnering with so many incredible organizations, Um, but I am more, you know, Um, really excited for what our work is going to do 2023, 2024, and beyond, because that is really where we're going to look back and say, you know what, this was the foundation, this was the groundwork for our successes in the future.
0: Nicely said, both of you. And uh, again, we're we're talking to Catherine Personette and Dwayne Heisler, two hustlers. And I mean (laughs) that not in terms of like taking advantage, but working working day in and day out, month-to-month month hustling uh, throughout communities to make certain that everybody understands what is indeed on the line and how to have their voice heard. It's a pleasure having you on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. You guys are very important public servants. And, you know, I think about the issues that you just mentioned, so many important issues uh, regarding being a, a genuinely free uh, citizen that has access to all this uh this society has to offer, and I, I read stories about you know that. Uh, did you hear about what happened in Dallas? The school district in Pennsylvania, uh, they made a teacher take down a rainbow flag in their classroom because people were pressuring them, saying that was inappropriate. And I think the school district just caved. You know, they just yes, we got to take that down. We support it, but we don't support it. You know, basically, take it down, even though we support it. And uh, th- my point is this. There is a fear and there is a sort of closed-mindedness in many regards to, to change uh, to, to, to folks who maybe, uh, you know, the majority doesn't recognize. Uh, what, what do we, how do we change that mindset through the organizations you guys are a part of? Because I think that's necessary, don't you, to, to get to a place where we can have real conversations about the, the issues that, that affect us all.
5: Yeah, Larry, that's so important. I'm glad you brought that up because um, you, you, you mentioned the key word in there, fear. Like people are afraid. There is a fear, you said. And um, I think that that's really true. Um, and our opposition knows that and they stoke it. They stoke fear. They stoke resentment because the primary tool of our opposition are dog whistles and and stoking fear and division. Because they know when we come together, like we are right here, when we come together and talk about the things that we need and the things that, that we want to see for ourselves, for our families, for our kids, when we talk about those things and we come together and we vote, we win, right? And that's the reason why they don't want us to vote. That's the reason why they try to divide us with things like there's a, a, there's a rainbow flag hanging in the classroom. Honest to God, with all the things that are happening in this country, that's the concern right now. That there's a rainbow hanging in some classroom? I mean, are you serious? Like, that becomes an issue? Like and, and, and what it does is it just further divides us, right? And so what we really have to do, the opposite of that fear and the stoking of that fear or that resentment, and a lot of that is racial resentment and racial fears. A lot of it is that, right? When we talk about, I don't want my money to go to, this, to, the, to the schools in Philadelphia, what are we actually saying? right? Like it's those dog whistles around those things. When we are saying those things, we're trying to divide. But what I believe is when we come together, we can win. And so how do we come together? We come together and we talk about the shared values. So what's a shared value? I don't know anyone listening to this call right now that doesn't want a child to have a good education. I don't think there's anyone on this call right now that doesn't want to breathe clean air and drink clean water right? We value those things, right? I don't know anyone out there that doesn't want a good job, a good paying job with good benefits. Shame on me for being a progressive that believes in those things. How could I be undermining our country like this, right? It's those shared values, right? That's where we dig in with people, right? That's where we are able to come together. And that's what our opposition always ignores, always underfunds, always undermines, because they are getting paid by the corporate elite who are taking that money and cycling that back around right to divide us right because they are only concerned about themselves and that's i think that the key to it is just really digging into those shared values larry
0: thank you dwayne catherine you're really the guest here dwayne and i talk every uh several weeks i'm and i'm going to give you the last word
4: yeah, I mean, I, I, if I can actually say a point, I think it's really important. Um, you know, we, we saw this play out last year. Um, last year, you know, the American Rescue Plan um, was passed. It, it provided federal government relief, uh, COVID relief to every state in this country. Um, and, you know, several states actually use fun, those funds to invest in their communities. Pennsylvania, we received $7 billion uh, from the American Rescue Plan, again, with the intention of investing in these communities and Pennsylvanians um, to provide relief and, and you know, um, for all across the Commonwealth. And we saw that our state legislature that is controlled by the Republican Party did nothing. Um, they literally put all of those funds into the Rainy Day Fund and bank accounts um, to save for a, quote, rainy day. Um, we are living through a global pandemic, right? Uh, this is this is a time to invest in Pennsylvanians and in our in our communities, and we didn't see that. Um, the The Republican Party did not stand up for the small business owners, did not stand up for the um, the uh, communities across Pennsylvania who were struggling to afford housing, to struggling to um, make. Their rent uh, and, and daycare and, and all the list goes on, right? Um, so that was a very real thing that happened in Pennsylvania here. And I always like to bring that um, as an example of, yeah, there, you know, all this fear talk and, and they want to talk about, you know, um, supporting small businesses. and But when the time came to it, they did not do anything. Um, they did not invest in the very people that they like to talk about. Um, And so I I think that's a great example of that. If you tell somebody that story, um, especially a newly registered, a newly registered voter or a conversation that is going to, you know, happen to be a newly registered voter, um, that's gonna, you know, piss them off, right? Uh, So, you know, they're gonna, they're gonna go out and make their voices heard and understand that the representative that is supposed to represent them is not doing their job. Um, and, and so I just wanted to add that little piece in there because I think that's a great example of, of understanding what's really happening.
5: Larry, there's probably a way that people listening right now could actually help, too. Like, yes. if, you're
4: listening,
5: yeah, if you're listening to this right now and you're wondering, wow, how can I register to vote? How can I get involved? This sounds like a worthwhile project, right, that you're doing this around to try and engage with these communities that have been disenfranchised, that don't have a voice. Like, what can we do? Like, Katie, what, what can we do?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So again, thank you so much for the both of you to have me on here. Um, So the New Pennsylvania Project, we of course have a website. Uh, Please go to our website that is www.newpaproject.org project.org, www in front. Um, And that's going to give you all of the information really that I went over today. Um, But on the top there, on the top, um, there's Big buttons. You can't miss them. Um, so you're going to have, you know, where to donate, how to get involved, um, register to vote, right? We have an important election coming up in Pennsylvania and across the country, 40 days away. Um, so it's really important to make sure you, you, you check your voter registration status. Um, you know, so many people don't know that if you haven't voted within five years, you could be purged from the voting rolls. Um, so that's part of the conversations that we're having. A lot of people will say, I'm already registered. Great, let's check your status. Let's check your where your are polling places. Make sure you know where you're going. Um, and so you'll be able to find that on our website. Um, you are able to donate to us. You know, it's really important to invest in the work that we're doing. uh, We are building that infrastructure and hiring so we can be successful in this voter registration and engagement mobilization. Um, We got a couple weeks until the voter registration deadline happening on October 24th. So now is a critical time. We are in crunch time. Our organizers are working extremely hard Um, And so, you know, we would love for you to invest in our organization um, and think about, again, that we are not just here for November 8th, right? Right. We are here after November 8th, we are here in 2023, we are here in 2024. Um, So understanding that, you know, your investment, your dollars are going to real change in Pennsylvania, um, that's going to expand the electorate and create change. Um, And I just want to make one last point. It takes about $40 to register one voter. Um, You know, that's probably a lot to some people. um, But as I mentioned, we're, you know, we're making it a point to hire from within the communities um, that we are centering, those communities that have been disenfranchised and ignored. Um, And it's hard work it's really hard work. So, um, you know, we would appreciate your donations. We would appreciate um, if you follow us, follow us on social media. Um, you know, we post incredible pictures. The 100-year-old woman um, is up there somewhere on our on our posts. Um, you know, we are doing this work consistently year-round. So I just appreciate all of your support to our listeners, uh, Dwayne and Larry. Um, and I'm excited to see what this foundation is going to build for the future of Pennsylvania.
0: And and so am I, so are we. Again, that's Catherine Personette, the new Pennsylvania Project Director of Development and Policy, and of course our resident Politico, Chair of the PA Progressive Caucus, uh, Union Organizer with SEIU, and many, he wears a lot of different hats, the great Dwayne Heisler. What, What energy both of you folks have. Uh, It's great to have you on the program and
4: shout out to Brooklyn Um, red to blue is a group that um, is incredible supporters of our organization, um, both financially and on the volunteer side they're actually doing um, really important work for us they're making follow up phone calls to our newly registered voters. Um, which again, sets us aside from other organizations that you know, we're not just getting those numbers of voter registration, we're being intentional of, of creating those relationships and following up. Um, so shout out to those incredible folks there in Brooklyn uh, for doing that important work for us. But absolutely, if, if anybody is listening across the country, um, you know, click that how to get involved button um, and we're happy to reach out to you and uh, find something for, for you to do within our organization.
0: Thank you, folks. It's a pleasure talking with you, and uh, we'll talk to you after the election. And hopefully, we're all very happy. Absolutely.
2: Thank you.
3: To say it's my country before they give in, they'd rather fuss and fight than say it's my country. I paid 300 years or more of slave driving sweat and wealth on my back. This is my. Too many have died in protecting my pride For me to go second class We've survived the hard blow and I want you to know That you'll face us at last And I know you will give consideration Shall we perish unjust or live equal as a nation This is my country Is my country
2: Ooh-hoo-hoo.
0: And now some actual findings as gathered and published by Harper's Magazine in its September 2022 edition Again these are actual findings Archaeologists suggested that a 4th millennium B.C. Mesopotamian figure of a human ibex grasping a pair of snakes expressed the, quote, paradoxes of urban living and the, quote, continued presence of the unexplainable, and that broken early Bronze Age mace heads found at Tel Bet Yira, quote, symbolize the distribution of power in the community and resistance to centralized authority. Genital cutting may persist in spite of its physiological costliness because it maintains social structures. A pregnant tortoise was found preserved in the ruins of Pompeii and the bones of 350 frogs and toads were found near an Iron Age roadhouse at Bar Hill. The city, revealed in the Masul Reservoir by a catastrophic drought, may be the ruins of Zakiku, which was destroyed by an earthquake. Citizen-operated seismograms detected explosive attacks on ATMs in Bonn and Kirtan. The resonance of sonic booms is amplified by the man-made canyons of cities. Soot particles introduced into the upper atmosphere by space launches have 500 times the heat-trapping capacity as soot particles released by aviation. Some marine RNA viruses trap carbon in the deep ocean. Plastics in the ocean may harbor novel antibiotics. Researchers created a brain atlas of the bearded dragon. Reported that the median time for snapping turtles to recover from vehicle-induced partial garbage avulsion is three months and described a case of marijuana toxicity in a mini-rex rabbit. Males over the age of 11 become liabilities in mongoose warfare. U.S. bestiality laws have remained vague, moralistic, and dependent on the assumption that zoophilia is linked to violence against humans. Males of the orb-weaving spider Philoponella prominians spring away at speeds of up to 88 centimeters per second to avoid being eaten after mating. Buddhist and Taoist nurses tend to accept death neutrally, whereas Catholic nurses treat it as an escape from life's miseries. Hmm... Mist clouds carouse through the pine trees toward Napoli, up the Sila mountain range, harboring beautiful mushrooms and wild boar. The flowers are yellow and lavender with morning dew into the early afternoon, then soft and dry into the evening, then night, until it's time for basking in the light of the endless stars and guiding moon. And there you have it, episode 491 of Troubadours and Rock Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. First and foremost, Dwayne Heisler and Catherine Personette, Harper's Magazine and these musical artists. The Lonious Monk, The Flaming Grooves, Melody Gardeau, Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions, Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli, Roxy Music, Florence and the Machine, Bradford Marsalis and Terence Blanchard, too. And of course, I would like to thank you for listening until next time let's give it a go and do our best with this time take care